You already know you I'm hyped for this one. already know. Look at it. Look you at it. Look already at it. Look know at it. I'm hyped for this one now. <laughs> First of all, I want to apologize to you. I've been waiting to get you in person. I wanted to get you in person. I already so you know. Feel it's the energy and feel the vibe. But I couldn't wait no longer, man. I, I've been, been, been searching for you. But you already know I'm hyped <laughs> yes, for this sir. one now. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> but... First question we asked everybody is, when you first got to the league, who was the first person to bust your ass? Oh, that's easy. My first welcome to the league was uh, LeBron, D-Wade, and Chris Bosh in that Miami Heat team. Yeah, so big three. It was the preseason game, but I still considered it as my welcome. You feel me? So yeah. we played in Kansas City. So, you know, that's a home trip for us. That's right ah, there. In, yeah. in Missouri. I had I had yeah, crib coming down. Me? So I had the whole fam there. We... You know, I'm looking in the stands. I'm like, okay, we here. We in here. <laughs> when I say I couldn't get nothing going, <laughs> D-Wade, I'm reading the scouting report. Scouting report says, stay down on pump fakes. First thing he do, spin. Uh, pump fakes. <laughs> right into my ribs. And I said, ah, okay. Yeah, this is, you got to lock in. You got a long way to go. So. It's a different level, right? They stole, they were stealing the ball, throwing lobs left and right. And it was, I'm like, okay, yeah, this is real. So that was my welcome. My first time stepping on the floor was my welcome to the league in that Miami Heat team. Yo, 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 live on location. Me and the blackest one here in Orlando. We got a very special guest, man. We got NBA royalty right now. All star, all star. From the Louis. Straight, oh, yeah, we got a pre. We got Mr. St. Louis, straight out of St. Louis in the <laughs> building. This is Mr. St. Louis, all star extraordinaire, all NBA, too. Mr. Bradley Bill in the building with us, man. We appreciate you coming through big time. Fellas, I appreciate y'all having me. D Miles, you know it's a pleasure. We got to represent tonight. Oh, yeah, yeah. Jordan Brand representing the building. You do. Jordan Brand representing. I see you, big stepper. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> Brought to you by Thigh Style. St. Louis, Missouri, the crib. You know, I know about St. Louis, Missouri. All the dogs come from St. Louis, Missouri. I thought you were from East St. Louis, Illinois, though. We, we all the same gang. Don't worry about it. We all the same gang. Blasphemous <laughs> right now. You, you, if you from down there, you would know about it. You know what I'm saying? Because the hoop, the hoop is on both sides of the water now. But St. Louis, Missouri, you know, you came up in St. Louis, Missouri. Who were some of the guys that you seen coming up that inspired you that, that you wanted to be like oh 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 you already know you in there that's 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 automatic for for young for young cats because you came out of high school on top of that and just the hype that you had and you took off with it like the city was behind you and nobody really honestly nobody had a following like you had in high school on to the league and i can say that for me jason everybody we had packed out gyms, but I don't know if our following was like yours, right? Yeah. Larry, although I didn't watch a lot Larry. of Larry. Uh, um, you remind me so much of Larry. Jimmy man. McKinney. You, he was Jimmy one of my McKinney. favorites. Uh, yeah. A lot of people. Was shine. A lot of people don't know about Jimmy. I feel like Jimmy should have made it to the league. 
He definitely should. I think he chose the wrong school. hundred <laughs> percent. That's key. Man. man, it was a lot, man, because I think St. Louis got so much talent. I mean, this could be like anywhere. Like you just, I mean, this could be like from Chicago. Like there's so much, there's so yeah. much talent. So much talent. that you think should make it. And there's so many guys that you think are nice. Don't end up making it, end up choosing the wrong route, wrong school, whatever the case may be. Like, my older brother was my one of my favorite players. Like, and he yeah. went to my rival school, and they were all white kids, just like my school. And he was he was getting money, but they competed yeah. against the V. They used to battle the V, and and I'm like, okay, well, if they battling this team, who got a team full of pros with Dwayne Pope, Jimmy, yeah. and all these cats? I'm like, okay, well. They went to state they every year. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, this is, it's a lot of talent here. What made you choose Chaminade? Like out of all the schools, because it's like a lot of basketball. You got Cardinal Ritter, yep. you got Vashon, you got, so, you know what I'm saying? Everybody trying to get the best players. What made you choose Chaminade out of all the schools so, you could have so chosen? So I grew from? up in Venita Park, which is U-City, Normandy District. So my mom taught at U-City. She was the AD basketball coach, volleyball coach, everything. And so for me, my older brothers ended up going to Vianney, which was a private school out in Kirkwood. And so my options was go to U-City or Normandy or even Rittner. Like I lived on the border of all three schools, right? Yeah. Or I can go to Chaminade. I knew I didn't want to go to my brother's school because I just hated how they ran everything. And I'm like, I just, I just can't be out here. Yeah. I rocked with the rival school. And when I was younger, you know, my mom was a school teacher, so school was important. Mm -hmm. And yeah. she was like, well, if this school is going to challenge you, that's far more important than the sports. Like, the sports going to take care of themselves. I'm going to push you with that because mom's taught me how to hoop. Right. So yeah. she was going to be on my grill regardless. Like, she was school teacher and then my <laughs> and then my hoop coach. So I, could, <laughs> I, could, I couldn't shake her. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I ended up making the decision. So when I was in sixth grade, I'm like, you know what? I can either go with all my friends who I grew up with since preschool, kindergarten, grew up playing little league football, basketball with, you know, I can transition into middle school with them and then go to high school with them and just create that bond. Or I can just create my own journey and challenge myself in other areas of life that I may not even know that I'm prepared for. Right. And so I did that in sixth grade. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to this all boys school and see how it is fight through some adversity because I know it's going to be tough. First thing I learned when I get there, the grading scale is different. Private school, 100 to 93 is an A. So I'm like, dang, if I get a 92, I don't get an A? Like, that's, that's a B. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, I'm just, it's a whole different challenge in mindset. So I'm like, okay, this is this is what I need. Then the athletics just took care of itself. When did your mom put the ball in your hand? Was it just as far as you can remember? Or when did you like really start taking the game from her? So when I grew up, football was my favorite sport, right? I got four brothers. It's five of us in total. So I got two older, two older, two younger. I'm smack dead in the middle, right? And so every last one of my brothers play on the line. They all line. So they all 300 pounds, 285, and here I am. Shit, but oh, they was they was <laughs> waxing you in the crib. <laughs> you can say nothing. <laughs> so they, I'm I'm light at the at the crib, and football was my favorite sport, and honestly, still to this day, I love football. Right, and so I love football too. It just came about. I think I was six years old. Right, so I started playing organized football at seven. 
and I ended up playing basketball, I remember, before football, right? So I would say when I was six, but I really started taking it seriously right in middle school, probably my eighth grade year, eighth grade mm. going into ninth grade. And then my mom and I, she literally had an agreement with me. So my two older brothers went D1, right? One with the Northern Illinois for football, the other one with the Alabama State for football. So I'm next in line. She says, we can, this is what we're going to do. Whoever recruits you first, basketball or football, that's what we're sticking with. Because my brothers then went through a crazy transition. We never went through the recruiting process. So when she went through it with them, she's seen how coaches were. She's seen how manipulative they can be. Mm. You know what I'm saying? She's seen kind of how shady it was. So she's like, I'm dedicating you to one side. She thought my oldest brother was going to go basketball, but he went football. So my ninth grade year, after a team camp in University of Kansas, I'm a freshman. Varsity coach decides to bring me up. I go up there and I'm averaging 25 as a freshman. Right. I get home. It's like a three-day camp. We ended up winning the championship and all that. I get home. Coach Self calls me and says, I'm offering you a scholarship. And I'm a freshman. Mm. So I'm like, oh, I'm committing. I'm committing right now. I'm committing right now. So like, I'm I'm gassed up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm like, oh, over with. like, Kansas, what? Like, I'm I'm good. But ever since that moment, my mom said, "That's it. We we focus in on hoops. Like, I know you love football, but we focus in on hoops, and that's and ever since then, my ninth grade year." Just to, to rock in St. Louis, because I know when you the man in St. Louis, like teams are prepared. Teams are coming, double team and all this stuff. They'll hold the ball. It's a lot of tricks of the trade. Hold the ball. How was it to yeah, no yeah, shot clock. hold the ball? I'm talking about no shot clock. They holding the ball. I'm talking about score at the end of the game might be 45 to 43. Yes, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or yep. it might be 39 to 36. It'd be low games because they'll hold the ball on you. And that's what'll mess up kind of your scoring average and all that stuff. But like playing in there in China. Starting to get the hype, get to the point you have 30, because uh, you was in the era where we seen AAU teams on ESPN. I thought That's that the was the dopest thing play. ever. I was watching you on ESPN. I'm like, man, he on ESPN. And he told me to look at it was you and uh, who else? Ben was it? Was it Ben McLemore? Well, yeah. it was him I and think ben. ben was on the squad. Yeah, him? Ben was on the squad. Yeah, too. and I remember him. You and Bird, you and Bird called me like, man, you gotta watch watch these two young boys from the crib. And that was the first time I seen you play was on ESPN. I'm like, yeah, it's definitely in that era. My era was crazy. Like, I feel like my era was, well, for one, my 17th year was the first year that EYBL started. And so mm. that was, we were like the grassroots of all that. And so my year was crazy. Me, Anthony Davis, Gilchrist. Oh, man, who else? Austin Rivers. Our class was loaded with talent. And so, plus we had talent on our team. We had Ben. Right, we had Shaq, we had Roosevelt, like we had a bunch of D1 yeah. guys, and then being yeah. with Pro too, so yeah. it was tough. Like I loved it. To me, AU basketball helped make, help shape my game and shape who I was. Like we dominated in St. Louis. There was no competition. You know what I'm saying? We would get double teams, like you said, teams would hold the ball, but I still found ways to dominate. Like there was, you couldn't really stop. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But when you're on a circuit where everybody's good, you know, they lace your shoes up just like you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you got to test your mic. <laughs> you feel me? They from the gutter just like you are from another yeah. city. So what are we doing tonight? 
And so <laughs> I feel like that really shaped who I am. Like, and plus our organization in itself, rest in peace, Rich Gray, our founder, like he really, you know what I'm saying? He molded us as men, you know, challenged us in all ways. And then on the court, you know. Well, what was your team? What team? Were, what, were you the Eagles? St. Louis Eagles, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Long history of ballers, yeah, yeah, Eagles. Not, Shout not, out to the Eagles. Don't worry about that. We, Long history of ballers for the Eagles. We, 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 we handed them, you know what I'm talking about? We did that a few times back in the day, you know. I'm familiar with the Eagles, you know. <laughs> Coming out of high school, like McDonald's All-American and stuff like that, I know how it was for me. For me and me and Q talk about all the time, that was one, like, like that's the next step. Them the guys we seen before us right. take that next step so you know you're going in the right path. How was it for you to to get honored to be, you know, top greatest in the country in high school? It, it was a blessing, man, because I wasn't always a high-ranked kid. Like, I had to grind that out to earn that and deserve all of that. And my senior year, I was Gatorade National Player of the Year. I made the McDonald's game. And so you knew once you made the McDonald's game, you was like, okay, you solidify. It's home. It's home. You know what I'm saying? Like, now I'm <laughs> to you to trick it off or to make it happen. Exactly. Like, now it's like you can go that way or go the other way. The ball's in your court. So, you know, just seeing the long, you know, rap sheet of, of St. Louis guys that made it, that was always motivational. My brother didn't make it, and so that was motivational for me to make it have somebody in our family be able to make the game. And that was dope. You know, I ended up making that game, Jordan brand game, played USA basketball two years when I was 16 and 17, won two gold medals, was the MVP as the 17s. So it was, Ooh. I had a hell of a high school career, man. Like I enjoyed every bit of it. And all the accolades that came along with it was, I wouldn't have imagined I would have won them, to be quite honest with you. Could it have been anybody else in Florida? Cause I got a crazy Florida story. When I was getting recruited by Florida and Billy Donovan, he was like, yeah, you're going to come up in here and like, yeah, you're going you're gonna to play behind Mike Miller. Uh, I was like, what? <laughs> like, play behind Mike Miller. Two teams did me that way. Like, Tubby Smith did me that in Kentucky. Like, yeah, you're going to come in here and you're going to play behind Tayshaun Prince. And I'm like, he ain't gonna give me no chance. <laughs> I ain't really feel that. Like, like time out. I was, I felt that it was, it was gonna be a conflict right off the bat. I was like, yeah, I'm off you, because one of the guys from East St. Louis played for Billy Diamond, and he was telling Billy about me. So Billy started recruiting me. Right. So you know, we we had the conversation. I finally had the conversation. He hit me with that. It's just like, man, you gonna put me on the oh, bench for a shoot? I gotta got respect that gangster though for being real like that, Tubby and Billy. You know that you was the type of recruit they tell what you want to hear. Nah, he ain't really about telling me what you hear. He'd be like, man, look, you coming in here, you know your spot, Mike Miller, in your spot. You gonna have to compete for it. I felt that, like, oh shit, okay, yeah, let's go. But the, the whole thing was like, no, nah, ain't even no no question that. <laughs> You got an opportunity so, to yeah, do yeah, that. Like, right here like, behind you, you got to wait on They talk about me. I'm finna go to the league. And you telling me this? I ain't understand that. Yeah, I'm coach, <laughs> when I see him on that one. Oh, <laughs> But could it have been anybody else than Florida? Uh, Yes. It could have been a couple. I was really torn with schools, man. I got another story for you. So my signing day, I wake up in the morning. So my top five were Florida, Kansas, Duke, Ohio State, and Illinois. Right? I loved Illinois because Bruce Weber was there. 
that yeah. when I was at Ohio State. I think they just won a national championship probably the year before. Obviously, Duke, Kansas, and I love Florida, right? Because they just won back-to-back not too long ago. Yeah. So that morning, in my head, I know I'm going to Florida because of what Q said. Q, you said he keep it real. And that's how he always been with me. He said, when you come down here, I'm not guaranteed you're going to start. I'm not guaranteed you're going to play a lot. I'm not guaranteed you're going to get a lot of shots. He said, but you will work hard every day. You will get better and you will become a man. And I said, I can rock with that. And there was already five guards there. Five. Five guards. We, and people looking at me like I'm crazy. Right? It was three upperclassmen, two transfers. Mm. One guy was my age. We had six. Right? And so literally that morning, I told my mom, I said, I'm going to Kansas. <laughs> morning of signing day, I tell my mom I'm going to Kansas. She she went to every last one of my games, never missed a game, high school, AAU, nothing. Kansas is right down the road, four hours. Mm-hmm. I wasn't going to Mizzou. I wasn't going to SLU, right? And so Kansas is the biggest school right down the street. I tell her that morning, I said, I'm going to Kansas. She jumped for joy. Okay, I knew it. I knew you was going there. I get on that stand. I look at them hats. I picked up the Florida hat. And then you told her you gave it a night to the heart. <laughs> you gave it a, no, you broke a heart. No, you, yeah, you, you, you say it. Like, it might have been a little different. You woke up that morning and said, yeah, mom, I think I'm going to go to Florida. But you hit her with the can. She all dancing yeah. all day like, hey. Right in the back, man. Right. So, but I knew that if I went to Kansas, I would have been babied. I knew she would have been there all the time. I knew I would have wanted to come home. It would have been easy for me to come home. I so was mm-hmm. so was it when you was up there in that moment? Like, did you like did you go through the whole day like in preparation? Like Kansas, Kansas, Kansas. Then you just got up in there and it was just like in your on your heart. No, so when I t- I told her that because she kept asking me and I I kept telling her like I didn't know I didn't know I don't know. I don't know. So you said what what made her feel? Right, so I just told her, you know, I just told her yeah, you know how we is, Mama's boys. You gonna say what my what? Make mama feel make good. Make feel good, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm going to Kansas, mama. Dang. Yeah. Yeah. Get out my butt. Let me breathe a little bit. Let me. I got to go to school. <laughs> she pressing me before I go to school. So I'm like, okay. Yeah, my mama was like, nah, you got to get up out of here. You can't go nowhere around here. You can't go nowhere in Missouri, nowhere in Illinois. You got to get completely away from here. Exactly. And it took it, That took St. Louis. Because I like St. Louis U, but... Yeah, where else I didn't, but I just seen Larry come through and and murder the scene. Like, watching Larry do what he did, it was just crazy. I'm talking about scoring 50s in college and 40s in college. Like, guys wasn't doing that. No. <laughs> no. No. Larry was different. For a fact. He put St. Louis U on the map. What was your draft process like? I know draft was big for us. What was that when you decided to go out and – after your first year and you just going to the draft and shaking David Stern. Well, you ain't have David Stern. You had Adam Silver. No, I had David Stern. I was about to say, oh, you, yeah. Oh, so you caught there. I, okay. I came in with some OGs still. <laughs> but with shaking David Stern, hearing something you seeing every year, you seeing the process of all the rest of the guys before you go through. And, you know, this is the path. So how was the draft for you? It, it was 
I would say embrace it. Embrace is going to be my favorite word I'm going to use. And that's been my favorite word that I've learned to like apply to my life, you know, embrace every step, embrace every moment. You know what I'm saying? So with the draft process, I didn't decide up until the last day on the deadline day, right? I was a nerd. I love school, right? I had a 4.0 in high school. I went to college and I studied biology pre-med. So I wanted to be a doctor, right? And I had a 3.8 wow. in that. Mm-hmm. So on top of that, we made it to the Elite Eight that year, my freshman year. We were that close to making it to the Final Four and then the championship had a really good, everybody was coming back, maybe except two guys. So we were going to have a good team. And so I really contemplated that because I love to win. Literally the last day, Coach Donovan looked at me and said, I stayed out of the process this long. I didn't sway you to stay. I didn't sway you to leave. He said, but I can't make a top three pick come back to school. Because hmm. I was projected top three. And like a lot of people was like, damn, B, what is you even thinking about? Like, why why is you even contemplating that? My mom literally said, she, she literally told me, she said, you're going to the league. You're not going back to school. <laughs> My dudes had to step in on this hey, one. Thank you. She said, you're going to the league. You're not going back to school. This is your dream. Why are you passing up your dream? Yeah. Right? She's like, the opportunities in front of you, you embrace it, you take it. Right? And I said, I got you. So tell me this. What was your pre-draft process like? Rated top three or whatever? You just went to dinners or that you actually had to go work out for teams? So I actually worked out. I did all the skill stuff. I did the meetings. I did... Meetings don't count. That's that's like a dinner. You know, you and D. Miles only did dinners. He only did a couple, two, two, three workouts for everything else. He was just walking around, showing up places. Like, what's happening? We didn't have... I don't think we had pickup. We weren't playing live. Mm. I think they cut the live out my year. What? A lot of guys were doing shooting drills and stuff like that. So y'all weren't working out against other players. Oh, yeah. Like so that. you might well have meetings and stuff too. That was that was that was all you could do. That's like a a, our, a stage our, rehearsal. You worked out against other guys when you had the individual workouts for the teams. So like I only had three workouts. So I worked out for Cleveland. Oh, Cleveland, Charlotte, and Washington. So you knew Washington was going to pick you? That's the wildest story, right? And so draft night, which is the biggest blessing ever. So draft night is my birthday. I turned 19. Oh, now that's yeah. crazy. Has anybody yeah, ever great. been, oh. they had a draft night that's as a, a birthday? Celebration that's a celebration. It's the best that's birthday ever. You can't really what? talk about. So I turned 19. And I'm sitting at the table, and my agent is literally saying it can be Washington or Cleveland, right? So it's three and four. But Charlotte's sitting at two, and Charlotte's thinking about trading their pick, right? And so literally my agent, he nudges me. AD goes one, right, to New Orleans. He nudges me and says, yeah, OKC is thinking about trading for number two to get you, right? And so they were thinking about trading James to Washington for the number two pick. I said number two, number three pick, and then picking me. And so I would have been with KD and Russ, and James would have been in Washington. Wow. And so I'm like, well, damn, how's that going to work? I didn't even work out for them. I ain't meet with them, none of that, right? Mm-hmm. So 
On top of that, they were saying Cleveland might trade up from four up to two to get you to keep Washington from drafting. And so sure enough, Charlotte doesn't trade the pick. They take Gilchrist number two. And so I knew for sure I was going three to Washington. After you get to Washington, you look at the roster. Then, of course, you see John Wall on that roster. Mm-hmm. Like, how was that to see somebody that you just seen come through college and see another dog and the, the process of, like, man, I'm going to prove myself and I'm going to get down? How was that coming into it? was dope for me because I knew John from high school, so I had a previous relationship with him. So it, that made that transition easier for me. So you knew it, like, oh, we about to come in here and test some shit up in this backcourt. Our game matched very well. Like, he pushing, I'm just flying the lane, off the ball guard, ready to shoot. So, but the flip side of it, my rookie year, he was injured at the beginning of the year. We had him, mm-hmm. Nene, Big Mecca Okafor. Those were our big vets. Yeah. And so they were all hurt. And so I'm literally thrown into the fire as a, as a rookie. I have no mm-hmm. idea what to do. I have no idea what's going on. I'm trying to learn all these new concepts, these new coverages, mm-hmm. new terminology and all that. And the game is going 100 miles per hour. But they embrace words. So I had a great coach in Sam Cassell. He my OG to this day. Two-point geezers. Sam, I am. Two-point geezers. That's what we call it. <laughs> <laughs> Sam is my man. So he was my OG vet. He was my coach. And he helped me along the way, man. I, I definitely credit him because it was a lot of long days. And he was in the gym with me, working me out, you know, teaching me how to get to my spots, teaching me the game, showing me who to watch. It was tough. It was a tough transition. I'll say that because one, we were losing. We lost like the first twenty-eight games or something like that, like some crazy. And I'm like, we. I'm like, damn, man. I don't. I've never lost this many games in my life. I don't think. Like, tell, tell me how that was for you, because like a lot of people don't understand. Like that's part of it when you that top two or three or five mm-hmm. pick that you Only going thing. to some trash on the team side, and then you about that loser can mentally fuck you. Yeah, up. like you oh, going from like you said, you just <laughs> went to the elite elite A. You didn't competed for championships in high school and all that. Now you don't want gold medals. Now you come here and you saying you lost twenty eight straight. You lose so many games, but I don't know if it was twenty eight straight, but it felt like it was twenty eight straight. <laughs> it was like. I want to say our record was like five and 30 at one time. It was something crazy. I'm just like, we, I've never been a part of something like this. Yeah. And like you said, like, that's the only thing about being a top pick is you're going to go to an unfortunate situation to where they rebuilding. They may not be that good. And you in that environment to where sometimes a team can get used to losing. And that is the worst ever. Like, yes, it is. You lace them up every night knowing that you're going to get your head beat in. Like, that is never fun because guys yeah. start losing interest. Guys don't care. You know, practices become whatever. That's when like, the shit gets in the game. Vibe of everything. <laughs> like, it's just, yeah. It just make you not even want to be there, make you not want to hoop. It question who you are, like you question yourself, like am I like what am I doing something wrong? Like, yeah, am I not good enough? I got all the way to the mountaintop to do this. Yes. Like, yeah, I, I definitely feel you. I feel like that might have challenged me more than anything, just dealing with losing. And like, I, talking to yourself, like I'm not a loser. I ain't no I'm fucking a loser. loser. <laughs> I ain't no like, fucking I loser. I tried a few times. Like, I'm like, damn. <laughs> so you look around the locker room, you know, cats be laughing, cats will go out, and I'm like, damn, y'all don't care. Like, yeah. don't nobody care in here, and it's and it's 
Nah. <laughs> It'd be tough, man. It, it, those, were some, those were some rough, rough times, man, for sure. Paul Pierce came to y'all team. And y'all team that year when Paul Pierce came to y'all team, it, it felt like it kind of gave y'all a little spark to have a, a champion, a, a guy like Paul Pierce. What did Paul Pierce bring to y'all team that kind of helped y'all get over the hump a little it's bit? It's crazy because I couldn't stand Paul before he got to our team. <laughs> talking trash talking crazy but when he got there I understood why he did what he did and who he was right he riding with who he with he riding with the team yeah. and he kept that same mentality first man in the gym last one out at year 15 16 whatever it was he was with us like to us we like that's crazy like he's still in here doing his same spin move, step back, pump fake, workout routine regimen. Like, he's still doing the same thing. And so, like, to us, we like, that's a champion. Like, he been there, he's grinding it out, and he's still in the league. And he just fed that advice to us because John and I, we were young. We were trying to learn how to lead. Like How to be a pro, how to be a real pro. How to be a true pro, right? You know, we can lead by example but how do we do it vocally like how do you pull it to, to the side correct them you know without cussing them out mm-hmm. all the time or, <laughs> right, or whatever yeah. the case may be so like it was he was perfect for us and he carried us in the playoffs made a game winner for us kept us alive in the series almost made the game winner in, in the next game for right. us right it was dope man I'm, I'm happy i got to play with a hall of famer man like you don't you don't get them opportunities all the time so i soaked in a lot from Pete. Who instilled the off-season work ethic? Because I watch your game real closely because, you know, like I say, you from the crib, and I always try to make sure I'm paying attention to my guys. And I see how your game evolved. I see how some moves that you didn't do mm-hmm. the year, previous year before, the next year you're doing it dribble-wise. I see how your dribbling skills then got up to par, how you can go through screens, split screens, and do even more than you was doing when you was coming in. Who instilled the work ethic? Told you, like, get in that gym and get that shit done. I always credit my parents. I always credit my parents for that. My mom taught me how to hoop. And I would say all the way up until my junior year, she was my workout coach until Drew Hanlon, who worked me out now. That's when we started working when I was a junior. Right. So up until then, my mom was the one, you know, I would have 30, have a great game, and literally she would take me back to our home wreck and say, no, we right back in the gym. And so, like, she pushed me beyond measure. Like, she pushed me to the limits. I wanted to quit. Nobody's ever done that. She's the only person in my life that's really made me want to quit the game of basketball because of how hard she pushed me. Now here I am, 27 years old. Like, I understand that. I got two young boys now. Mm -hmm. Damn, I get why you pushed me the way I did. And to see my confidence now, and I feel like that's what I credit everything to now, uh, D-Miles, like, it's just my confidence. Like I put in that work every single summer. I've been doing these moves in high school and trying to do them, you know, through college. Granted, your role, you you have a role when you get to the league. Those opportunities don't always come. And so I credit Coach Brooks for this as well, because when he took over, he let me handle the ball a little bit more. He said, I want you to become more of a combo guard, point guard, slash two, versus a strictly off-ball guard. And so once he kind of gave me that green light, I was like, okay, well, you really got to tap into your handle. You got to really do it. And a lot of it is just trying shit. Like I literally go out in the game and I'm like, I'm not going to know unless I do it. Right. And so I literally took 
probably when Coach Brooks was our first year, that's when I really started, okay, I'm going to just try it. Like, I would lose the ball sometime. I would maybe rip sometime. But I'm like, okay, that's what I need. That's what I was going to say. Because I kind of feel like part of your real ascension where you took off, it kind of happened by default when John got hurt. Because just being able to be responsible for that much, it was like before when he did, you don't even got to expand and do as much because y'all dynamic duo and y'all he doing this. But then, like, that's when I saw, like, I can remember telling D Miles, telling Drew Good. And I'm like, man, I ain't no goddamn Red Bill had all this to him. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, your handle the Bob Bob then just like, okay, no, nah, I could go 40, 50. <laughs> like, I was like, hold up. Like, okay, now my running mate gone. So now I got to assume his yeah. responsibility too. And it was just like, you just morphed into what you are now. Took it at red with yeah. it. <laughs> and so that's exactly what happened. And as unfortunate as it was, like John had kind of like a two-year spurt where he didn't play. Like, so he was hurt. Exactly. Two years ago. And that was really the first time I had to crack the shell and be like, okay, well, Ex right. you got to handle the ball. You got to be more of a creator. Learn how to read defenses, pass the ball out of it. You know what I'm saying? And create for yourself. And so that was another, you know, role of adversity because I've never been in that role. Right. And we weren't that good either without John. And so, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Now a lot of the pressure is on you and you got to be able to go out there and try to figure it out and try to help your team win. And so that first year was a struggle. But then the second year, I knew what to expect. I knew teams were going to double team me. I knew teams was going to trap me. I knew teams was going to have hands, but they best defender on me, deny me. I knew all that was coming, so I was a little bit more prepared. And it was just a matter of being more confident, like trusting the work ethic and that and all that. I was a Michael Jordan quote that I love. He always said, I don't fear nothing because I trust the work that I put in. Like, like if you trust whatever, you, you know, the work that you put in in the summer, you believe in it, you continue to master it, and you just go in the game with confidence, you're good. And plus, I got to feel like a part of you is like a kid in a candy store. Like, because, you know, all of us go through our career wanting to be the man, wanting to be hey. asked to do this and asked to do that and get that responsibility. And then, like, here you are, you know, you've been doing all of this and doing all that. And like you say, it's the, you know, it's the worst case scenario because your boy, John, hurt. But at the same time, somewhere we true to this. This is what we do. Like, a part of you is like relishing this, like, yeah. Yeah. And then it's like, you know, so like you say, you going out there trying to try stuff. And like, once you start having success, I know that had to feel like, yeah, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm this me. I'm out here. A hundred percent. And you got to show up because everybody want to be the man till it's time to be the man. Right. Exactly. And, yeah. and not everybody's built for it. Not everybody can handle the pressure that come with it. Like win, lose a draw is your fault. Yeah. Don't Straight up. And that's something you got to learn. That's something you got to accept. Something you got to deal with with the media. Something you got to deal with, you know, do your teammates think that way? Like, it's a lot that take to being a man. And so a lot of times, you know, you get situations where you got young guys on your team who want to be that. And let's say you go down, I get hurt. You know, now you got to be thrusted into that role and you're struggling. You know what I'm saying? You see it ain't that easy to do. It ain't just like, it ain't like I could just snap my finger and I'm just out here just doing what I do. Like, no, this took time to build. This took time to really, you know what I'm saying, perfect. And so... Do that help you with your, like, game management? Because, like, you be game managing, like, a point guard now that you had a ball in your hand so much that you know, like, all right, well, we playing this game. These guys went up eight. Let me come down and get a little more. Or let me get these these guys involved and, and so forth on. For sure. Like, because the game slowed down for me. Like, as I, you know, as you get older in the league, you become 
everybody start running the same stuff. Everybody defenses become looking the same. Same plays, all the same technique. Everybody taking from another <laughs> team. So you learn all of that stuff and you it's just off tendencies. You know, you play certain players so many times, you know how he defend. Like I know he fouled a lot. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. He, he like, jumped too much. He always jumping this shit. Yeah, he's a jumper. <laughs> you know, he's you know, he's <laughs> that's aggressive. As I've you know grown in the league and constantly develop my game like the game just slowed down and so i'm able to just not take possessions off but take possessions where i'm just creating new passing or not necessarily being involved and then i get mine i run off six straight seven straight eight straight whatever the case may be and then you going that way like i can always get going i just need to see one go in straight up how was it this was big for the city this was big for everybody back home to see you and Jason in the All-Star game together. Like, I was so proud of you boys, man, just to see you boys on TV representing, man. Like, how was that for you, man, to see the young fella with you and just see, like, we from the town. It's, and we represent. It ain't, it's still surreal, man, because we got so much talent here and I finally feel like we being recognized for it, you know, and I feel like our young boys are yeah. taking advantage of their skill set and really perfecting their craft and trying to get her. And so I'm super proud of Jason because I've been knowing him since he was in diapers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and so <laughs> yeah, that's, that's amazing to be able to see his journey, be a part of his journey, and to compete against him at this level. You know, we go at it when we play each other. But then to be on the same floor, on the same team as starters in the All-Star game, like that's the highest level of basketball. You know, stars among stars, you know, so I take pride in that. You know, I don't take that for granted, bro, because, you know, where we're from and it's hard to make it out and it's hard to make it to where we're at. And it's also hard to stay where we're at and to see us both doing it, sustaining it, you know, with good, you know, good heads on our shoulders, man, that's it's dope. Oh, they're going to talk about that for hundreds of years right there, man. That's that's a moment, man. For the guys to see, man, me and Larry was talking about that, man. And that was just a proud moment from the ballers before and like the youth coming up to see that, man, to see y'all on top like that doing that, like, especially from the crib, you know how it is around where we from, man. It's it's hard to hope for something. It's hard to dream yep. for something when this is all you see every day. Yep. Yep. You know what I'm saying? I be telling folks like our news be like an action movie and it's just the news. <laughs> Can you remember the first time when you made the Rising Stars All-Star game? Like, just knowing that you about to be a part of All-Star. Because I can remember, like, you know, we, we neither one of us got to make the real All-Star game. But I know we made the rookie game first couple of years. And just every time I got to go, whether it was for the three-point contest, it was just always special. Because I know you only get that one first time. So, like, you know, you've been watching it all these years growing up on, on TV and stuff. How was it for you? to be a part of your first All-Star weekend when you got there, you know, using the rookie game? Man, so the rookie game was dope. You know, you always, you want to be amongst the best in your class. You don't want to mm-hmm. be a bust, you know what I'm saying? You want to make sure you <laughs> up to the height. <laughs> you worried up. <laughs> so, that was fun. Uh, and and I was a shooter, so I'm, I I protect in the in the three-point contest. So, from and I came in second. I'm so hot about that. I'm sorry. Hey, CD, now you can't be part of this conversation right here. You just hold on for a minute. I know you got you. You hold on, like uh. So, hey, let me ask you this though: three point contest. This look, the first one, because the first one I got in, I tricked off too. So, look, tell me if this happened for you. 
you be all cool, you know, you do the little shoot around and all that, then you on the bench, you telling everybody shooting and shit. It's your time to go get on that, sit on that little block. Boy, it hits you, don't it? It's like, hold up, the whole damn world is watching me out here. It ain't nobody to mess up. It ain't nobody for me to score on. It's just me and nobody else in the world. The sickest thought for me is when you start in that corner, I'm like, just please don't hit the side of the backboard. I shot an air ball my first shot, like, because I was trying, like, look, the year I won, bro, the year I won on my final round when I won that, the first shot I shot was an air ball. <laughs> Trying to be all, you know, you're trying to like, let's not go too fast. Let's not be too hype. Let's be airball. I said, damn. That's exactly how I was. And then once I, <laughs> once you get out the nerves, you you be solid. And then all of a sudden, man, you just get tired. Then you're looking at that clock. And you get <laughs> rushing. I'm like, oh, man. See, see, that's, this is different between me Forget and him. about your form hey, and you everything. You just get them see, up. Everything he just said. That none of that applies to me because you're talking to a set shooter and you're talking to a jump shooter right here. He is a legit, he like Ray Allen, he jumped. You know me, D man. I could damn near not even jock a flat foot shoot that. I'm a tiptoe. <laughs> That's how I look. Everybody know I'm gonna get through every rack with no problem. I'm is am I gonna make them up? I'm not gonna not get them off and I'm not gonna be tired. I get them off with so much easy, but it was like that was the whole part of that thing. Cause it's that's the magic of the three-point contest. Like you got to hurry up, but you got to take your time. Gotta you got to be fast, time. but you got to still go slow. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It's a crazy median, and you can't let yourself get hurried up inside. Yep. Yeah. I told myself I'd do it again. Yeah, man. You got to go ahead and win one, man. Uh, you got to go gotta get it up. Man, I got to get one. I got to get one. Speaking of scoring title, you have an opportunity to win the scoring title. You and Steph Curry going down the stretch of the season, you know, Y'all fighting to get in the playoff spots, man. This is what real ballers live yeah. for. Like I embrace it. It's tough because I try to ignore it. And it's tough to do because that's all people want to talk about. But it, it never was a goal of mine. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm a scorer. I've always been a scorer. And so for me, it's just a matter of can I be better than I was last year? Like, I compete against myself. Like, nobody in the league that I'm competing against. All right. And that's my mindset. And the biggest thing is I haven't been in the playoffs in three years, right? And so that's my ultimate goal, right? And, and whatever it looked like, if I got to go get 60, I'm going to go get 60. Whatever for us to win, that's what I got to do. But to be a part of history, man, and, you know, to be in this race with Steph is, is, is crazy because he's playing at an unbelievable level. Like, I was playing good all year, and I felt like, I was going to cruise, cruise on through. You cruise. Through. <laughs> and then he come out of nowhere, foul, 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 foul. He went and, crazy. And going crazy, and he's still going crazy. So it's been dope, man, regardless of how the chips fall at the end. I ain't going to be a sour patch. Like, Oh, no, it's nothing to be sour uh, about. Like, bro, you didn't put yourself sour, in the school. Like, you walking like, bucket. Like, you feel me? Like, exactly. you just said whether you had to get 56. Like, I, please take me into the mindset of a 60 ball. How do you take it from 30 to 40? 30 with another to half 50 to go. <laughs> to 60. Like when you get in those, like I'm talking about, I don't even know how I would know how to act. My career has 44. And I was acting a My damn donkey, boy. You had you talking about <laughs> celebrating, boy. I was out there. <laughs> I needed some extra celebrations. God damn it. I needed, I didn't have enough antics for that night. 60? Well, y'all might, I don't know what I might do. 
Man, you definitely, that basket look huge. You know that. It was crazy. So before that Philly game, I feel like I played horrible. I think I had a horrible shoot night. And so I literally just went back and watched just some clips of earlier that year of, of good games. I always just try to fill my mind with positivity, right? So I, I look at stuff mm. I do well, right? I know the stuff I do bad. I watch it. But I always just try to really outweigh with positive energy, right? And so just seeing the ball go in, just watching some clips, and then I go out and shoot around for the game, you feel good. But the biggest thing for me in those moments is stay aggressive mm. because it's easy to be, okay, I got 30, I'm cool. No, keep going. Stay aggressive. Like, And it's not even about constantly scoring. It's about putting pressure on the defense. Keep pressure on them, right? And and the biggest thing for me is if I know, if I see one going in and I'm feeling good, that I feel like there's nothing you can do with me. Like, I'm a right. three-level scorer. I can shoot the three. I can play in the mid-range, which I love, because a lot of teams want to give that up anyway. And so that's kind of yeah. something I catered and manipulated. Like, if y'all want to give it up, okay, I'm going to just master this and perfect it. Y'all got to figure something out. Little 2K right. lingo. D-Miles don't know nothing about that. Three-level scores and stuff, you know, he don't know nothing about that. Go ahead. Go ahead. So, Carry on. So if, if you don't want to respect, you know, giving me a three, I'll take the mid-range. And then once I kill you there, you can come up now I, I play into my hesitation I put in, I get really into my package and I can finish at the rim right and so at that point I'm just staying aggressive at all times like I'm it doesn't matter who's in front of me it don't matter if I have a pick like any moment of space is going up like, yeah. and for me I think that game I had 27 and a half and then the first play of the second half, I got a wide-ass open pick-and-roll three, and that was 30 at the beginning of the third. So I'm like, okay, this is going to be a special night, right? And so I just kept it going. And then, and then you're just having fun. You just and, and that's when it just naturally just flow. Like, your opportunities come, and then – I feel that. Bro, you hit 53 and 55 back-to-back days. <laughs> like, not – you know what I'm saying? Like, and that was that ain't been done since Kobe did it in like 07 or something. Like, bruh, like what that feel like? Like how like and then that you did like when they t- like you know what I'm saying? Like, first you do that, you know what I'm saying? Then they tell you, like, man, ain't nobody did this since Kobe or something. Like, what? What that feel like? So it was wild. So we it was against Chicago 53, and then Milwaukee the next night. I had 55. So you don't forget this type of shit, do you? See how you write your mental yeah, process? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Talk your this shit. This shit is that stone in your talk head. Talk your talk. Go ahead. <laughs> in Chicago, that was like one of the last games we needed to keep our playoff chances alive. You know what I'm saying? And I really just went out there and just tried to do all I could. And then once I seen the game pulling away, coach left me in. I'm like, I'm still going to keep fighting. I, was, I had like 40-something. So I come down, I get a layup, I'm at 50, and I knew my career high was 52. So I'm like, okay, well, we, this game pretty much over. You can at least try to get a career high. And so I literally got a rebound, came down, pulled a three, boom, 53. 53. But we lost, and I was steaming. I mean, steaming, right? Because so, I know the next I'm, – I'm like, I got to do this again tomorrow night. Like, we, we play in Milwaukee. You know, they're going to defend you crazy. They ain't going to let you get nothing off. But I came out with the same mentality. First play of the game, made a little pick-and-roll jumper. I said, okay, 
I'm still hot from last night. I was <laughs> still hot. And sure enough, I just kept it rolling, kept it rolling. We went down. I helped bring us back in the end. I think I had like 18 straight in the end. And we ended up coming up short in overtime. But I had 53 the night before when I knew that. So I'm like, I'll at least try to beat this when I had the opportunity to. And I got 55. You played basically like your whole career up to this point with John Wall. Like, tell me how was it for you when he, after going through all of the injuries and stuff, the team decides to move on from him. How was it for you when you found out about that? And I, you already talked about y'all relationship go back to high school and all of that. Like, how was that for you? It was tough. It was tough because up until the day it happened, like we were, we kind of communicated. You know, he came by the house. We was getting ready for camp. You know, it was always it was a, it was a lot of like noise and the rumors were out there about the trade, and so mm-hmm. we really like we just met up before camp and was trying to clear it up. You know what I'm saying? And next thing I know, boom! Twenty four hours later, the GM calls me. He's like, "Yeah, we're, we're making this move," and it was like a situation kind of like out of my hands type thing. So mm-hmm. it's, once it gets to that point, it's like you understand the business part of it. And that might have been like the biggest time I've seen it because I've never seen a team move on from a franchise guy, right? And so that was, it definitely hit both of us, man. It was an emotional time for both of us. Like it was a tough transition for him because he loved DC. This is, this was like his second home. Yeah, I mean, that's all he knew too as well for the whole time, his whole career. This is all I know, right? And so it was tough. It It was definitely tough, but you know, on the flip side of it, we we seen what we were getting in return and who, you know, and, uh, you know, we just let the chips fall where they may. And, you know, it looked like it played out pretty good. So now you playing with Mr. Triple-Double. Like, what have you learned from him by playing with Westbrook? And, like, what have you took from him by seeing how he worked? Because he, he's a unique player. I would say it is crazy playing against him, right? Because you're playing against him, you see him – you see his numbers, and you see him from afar, right? You're like, man, ain't no way he doing this every night. You know, it's, you know ain't no way he doing it. You know, he he patting stats. And then to see him do it on a nightly basis with you, like, that's it's crazy because you see him banged up, he injured, and he still go out there and he get it effectively. Like, they're effective triple doubles. Like, and that is, is mind-blowing, like, because it's energy after energy. It's like, how do you do this every night? Like, you, you know, it's going to be nice. You don't feel it. You don't want to go out here. I don't feel like, you know, I ain't feeling it tonight. He channels himself to do it every single night. And I would say there's, like, that's that's probably my biggest thing that I took from him. Like, his mentality and his approach to the game. Like, he know he a bad motherfucker when it comes to this game. Mm-hmm. Nothing, nothing nobody can tell him. Nothing nobody can. There's nothing he feel like he got to prove, right? Like he doing what he know how to do. He doing what he blessed to do, and that's one thing he told me on day one. He always just keep telling me, keep going, B, keep going, keep going. There's more you can do. There's more you can tap into, and so like I channeled that, and I'm like, there is more you can do. There is like I can do this on a nightly basis. I can score thirty consistently, and I think that played into my confidence and just really just propelled me. So I, I definitely credit him for that. Nah, the thing that's so impressive about the way he go about it, because like you said, you know, like all of us, you know, we play and, you know, you got to 
got to find it every night and go out there. But, like, it ain't like he just drag his ass out there and hoop. Like, the level and the intensity that he exerts every single night is second to none. That's what makes it so impressive that he could keep doing it. Like, the only... He reminds me of how, like, like I used to look at KG like that. Like, damn, mm-hmm. this fucking crazy. Like, how do you be, like that psyched out and that geeked up like because you know that would happen for me every once in a while and i can remember every time i have a day like that or a game like that where i really feel like i've maxed out like emotionally intensity and everything like they do like i was exhausted and shit i was like damn i'm like so when i really i really used to look at kg like that like how do you be locking in and being this intense the whole fucking like you gotta be drained at the and this is every right. night after night after night after night so like when i watch russ go out there and do that that's that's the thing that i look at and i'm most impressed by like dog if he playing he only know one way to play ain't no half ass and if this boy about to go through a wall in practice too the same way <laughs> nah see i could not fight him in practice dog <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> hey, doing all that, all that intensity looking at me, smiling and shit, and you playing hard like, nah, oh, we gonna fight oh, in practice, dog. He going hard. Like, that's, <laughs> that's, like you said, that's his, that's his motto. Like, he going hard at all times. Like, it ain't no, ain't no half-stepping, no half-assing. Like, we getting to work, and he getting something productive out of being out here on this floor. Like, he know, it's crazy. Like, he know how many minutes he play. He know, at the six minute mark, he coming out. He gonna play them six minutes hard as hell. <laughs> and when he come out, he gonna be drenched, heavy breathing, because he, he played he played his tail off in his minutes. Whatever minutes he get, he gonna play them hard. That's his mindset. That's crazy, dog. When you came up in the NBA, who was the guys in the NBA you was looking at? It was like, man, I want to be like them guys. So I always, it's crazy. I, if I had a big machine of, of creative play I can put together. I always loved Kobe and Michael Jordan footwork. That's one thing I always watch. They pound pivots, spins, just the ability to be able to manipulate defenses with their feet, quick bursts, side steps, and all that. And then Ray Allen shooting ability, like you say, he a jump shooter. My mom she made me sit down and like I'm sitting right here and watch Ray Allen clips all day, watching his form, one hand, guy hand off the ball. So that make perfect sense why you and jump so damn high on your jump shots too. <laughs> hey, she wanted my calves to be like Ray. She was like, no, you like, <laughs> Jesus Southern's word, bro. You gotta look like Jesus. Ray, you got <laughs> like this, this, this is what you need to be. And so I love that. And then growing up, AI was my favorite player. So I just, I just always, I was a fanboy of AI. So I just loved everything he did. His his heart of a champion. Then his killer crossover. And then as I got a little older, I started watching a lot more D Wade, like in his ability to be able to <laughs> slither through the defense. Like he wasn't always known to be a shooter. So he figured out ways to be able to get, you know, be able to get his points off and be able to use his body, post up pump fakes, getting the lane, Euros, dunking on your head, like he had it all. So I tried to put all of that in this big old blender 
Yeah. His gumbo, his gumbo, huh? Black, he put you it in his steal gumbo. Some. Steal yeah. something from everybody. You got to steal something from everybody. Hey, D-Way, one of the coldest slashers this league had never seen, boy. I ain't gonna lie yeah. to you, Jack. His ability to split a screen was great. Yes. I, I couldn't. I'm still trying to figure it out. Like he's sliding through one hand, still dribbling with that hand. Yeah. And his pullback crazy. Yes. <laughs> Full speed pullback. Yes. <laughs> I've been seeing my boy ducking on folks these ladies getting to that rim, ducking on <laughs> folks. Which one is your favorite duck on? Cause I've been seeing you hollering everything. That's how you represent. <laughs> It's funny because I dunked on P. He ain't going to remember, but I dunked on P. Paul, I dunked on Paul. And, mm. But I would say when I dunked on Drummond last year, that's I swear to goodness, I didn't want to call my big fella out. It was in my mind. I wasn't going to call your name. I'm sorry. But it was, yeah. yeah he that, that, called that, that, NASA. You left I'm, some earth on that one. And my bounces, I got bounces. It come out every blue moon, and, and that, it was a blue moon that night. Hey, boy, that, that was, I, was, I was working that game. I wasn't working that game. I was working at turning. I was like, well, I got to do this replay tonight. <laughs> oh, man, yeah, that was a, that was a, Lord have mercy. Hey, this is what I got to ask, though, because you didn't got, you know, you done made some, some hefty, hefty little deposits into the bank. So, you know, we all come from pretty humble beginnings and things like that. But what I like to know from everybody, and I don't want to hear about nothing. Hey, I know you took care of mom dudes. Mom dudes got a house and she's straight and all that. I want to know what Brad Bill did for him. What did you do? I'm talking about some one of the most ignorant purchases, not like some that's like, yeah, this was now. Nah, I'm talking about something that was like, I'm stunned like my daddy. Like this one, you thought you was going to the rap video set with this. What you what you uh -huh. did. Mm, I bought a Ferrari. Ooh, him and look, him and him and Juwan, Ferrari, Ferrari boy. boy. Ferrari <laughs> got the real bro. horses. <laughs> Which one you got? I bought a 488 Spider. Ooh, yeah, he want people to see him when he rolling through the road. That's my that's my only downfall. I love cars. I be trying. Not, to it's not a downfall when you make enough money to have that as a hobby. You know, when you make For enough sure. money to have a hobby, and that you can do that. For sure. But yeah, I bought a, I bought a Rory. I bought a house. I bought a house and I bought a Rory. Hey, man, I don't know. That's McGetty, too. McGetty had that Rory before we knew what the hell was going on. Y'all boys and on Rory's, boy. <laughs> Foreign. Start bench cut. Uh -oh. You got to start one. Uh -oh. You got to bench one. To get you in trouble here. You got to cut one. Ray Allen. Mm. Jesus. AI. Chuck. And Kobe. Uh, he, I knew he was about to say Kobe. Bro, you tripping. You tripping, bro. You tripping. It's disrespectful. You got to start. You got to bitch. You got to cut one. Which I already one? know the Kobe. order. I already know the order. Come on, D. You got to start Kobe. Duh. And I know who I know who I was I was randomly looking for somebody else to add. I couldn't. <laughs> you could have went some other ways. You could have went a lot of other ways, man. Come on, you're gonna make me do this. Benching <laughs> AI. You, you don't gotta you don't gotta cut him. He's just gonna go somewhere else and shine, you know. He ain't gonna be cut. He gonna... <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> he's sending Ray Allen somewhere else to hoop. He's <laughs> <laughs> somewhere else to shine. Ray Allen going to get buckets over there. Oh, my Where are you going from Boston to Milwaukee? I mean, from Milwaukee to Boston? What's going on? Yeah, you gonna maybe do it. Well, Kobe, Kobe gonna give us everything we need. So I would say I might need to shoot him. I might cut AI. Ah. Mm-hmm. Oh. Oh, baby. Hey, right tell me this. Give me your Mount Rushmore from the Lou. Hoopers from the Lou. Mm. Well, we got four. I always say that's easy. If it's four, me, me, Jay, Larry, and, and D Miles. That's easy. Okay. 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 I like that phone now. I like that phone. <laughs> That's easy. Hey, tell, tell me this, though. You have been doing your thing for X amount of years. How did it feel when they called you and said, yo, Brand Jordan wants you to come on, too? Like, what that call felt like? Because I know me and my dog here, we was under the sun. You know, we was early. We was kind of some of the yeah, original yeah, gangsters. We was original gang members in this. But, like, I'm <laughs> telling you, I everybody know how that call feel. And then you go from the from the news that you about to be down to when you actually getting them first shipments. What was, yeah, the, what was that coming. like? I see you got the Paris on right <laughs> now. You feel me? I know you got... I, my babies, my baby like, got shoes. The, the, just, the old lady got shoes. <laughs> wifey got shoes. And mama got shoes. <laughs> and I'm talking about you a Midwest kid, so you already know what that yeah. means to us. It means that, that Midwest, it hit, the Jordan brand hit different, hit different in Chicago and that Midwest than anywhere else in the country, in my opinion. So... <laughs> so just just share with me and everybody else like your feelings on when all of those things transpired to like now you you know what I'm saying you fully in the brand. I seen you with the Travis Scott fit on swag yeah. and I don't know you feel me. It's, like what what how that feel? What that be like? It's unreal, right? So I've been with Nike all my life ever since mm-hmm. I was in high school. My mama got a Nike tattoo on her leg. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. We love Nike, so. This was the last year of my deal. And Nike's like, well, Jumpman is very interested in you, right? And I'm like, oh, me? Why? <laughs> <laughs> they be talking to me. <laughs> I'm about to say, hey, man, Mike don't like nobody. Like, so <laughs> Mike, Mike ain't just fond of anybody. So yeah. I'm like, okay, well, if he's signing off on it, then it, it's got to be something special. So Man, from the presentation to, you know, interacting with them and then meeting, meeting the guys, like, it's unreal, dog. Like, I got box, I got too many boxes. Like, wifey cussed me out because there's too many boxes. That's hey, listen, well, yeah. we all got the same lifestyle, Welcome. brother. Look, wifey don't want to see none of this stuff come. We be smiling, she be Whoa. looking sideways. Where that's gonna go? Nice. You ain't got no room for it. Pressure. Non-stop pressure coming through. So I, I love it, man. Like they treat you like family. It's been all love. Like this is my first year. So yeah, I, you gotta get on that. Like I tell you, came in while COVID going. Once COVID over, you're gonna really see what the family be like. We have a family reunion every summer where it been, man. We done been to Cabo, Mexico, Bahamas. They went to Paris the one year. Man, listen. And I'm talking about when That's I say it be like that, it be like that, bro. It be and it be all just all Jordan brand from the baseball to the football guys, like it be right, everybody there. That's That's we say That's once once you with Jordan, you like a special unit. You like an elite group. It's elite, you know? yeah. You, like- yeah, you, you're a elite group right. when you with Jordan. Hey, man. that's how we felt when we got signed. We felt like we was like the elite 
squadron of the Navy SEALs or something. We thought we was a special force. We was special tactical force. We come out there. It's only eight of us, boy. We man, out listen, here. It ain't that many of us, man. It hey. ain't that many. How is it coaching your AAU team, man? Coaching the youth and coaching the guys that's coming on up. And I seen uh, on the clips, yeah, man. Yeah, you got real with them. You just spoke to them and you just told them just the real. That's you know, a lot of people won't tell them. You know, they babying a lot of cats these days and already putting them in a form of like they in the league. But you, you keeping it real with them, especially coming from where we from. And let me salute like, you. How on is that. it to coach? So, like when I mentioned earlier, I found a rich great. When he passed away, I actually took over the team in 2017. So I renamed it Brad Bill Elite. And like I said earlier, like I feel like that's what helped propel my career, like AAU basketball. And so mm-hmm. when I grew up, like I didn't have, like granted, we didn't have big like NBA guys around us or big college guys around us. We didn't have that. And so mm-hmm. I was like, well, you know what? I'm going to do that. Like, our kids need that. Like, there's so much teaching them the game the right way because once I got to college and then came back, I'm like, what are y'all being taught? Like, what are we learning? Like, what are we teaching them? And right. So then when I got to the league, I'm like, you learn so much and you learn how the game is played. And it's like, this is the highest level. This is how the game is going to be played. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you see how it's compared to college. College is so robotic, so system oriented. Like, the league is free flowing, individualized, learning how to play and pick and roll. It's reads, right? It's, it's straight reactionary. So I'm like, that's how the game needs to be played. And I'm like, let me share that with them, right? And so I embrace coaching them. Like, in, in a way, it's me trying to figure out what it is that I want to do when I'm done hooping, right? I'm just trying to figure out, okay, do I want to coach? Do I want to be involved in sports? Whatever the case may be, do I want to coach my sons one day? But the ultimate thing for me is helping these kids get to college. Because, free education, damn right. Free education and for everybody to have an opportunity, right? And so if I can be that that guy that the kids listen to because they'll listen to us, right? We'll come in there and tell them the same exact thing that their coaches have been telling them all True songs, story. Right? But we'll come in there and tell them the same thing and boom, they'll go do it. Yeah. And so for me, it was just, you know, how it, it's a time management thing, obviously, you know, because they play, they season ramps up right at the end of our season. And if you're in the playoffs, you miss a lot of their games. And so mm-hmm. for me, it's just trying to figure out time management, being around them. I stay engaged with them. They got my contact info, social media, whatever the case may be. Like, I just try to be a big brother mentor on top of being a coach and pushing them too, right? Relationship with college coaches, pushing the college coaches, pushing their relationships there, recruiting-wise, helping them, helping the parents. I really try to dive into that and, and try to be a, a big brother mentor. And I try to encourage all the guys that came from the from the crib to do the same thing because there's so much talent that needs the guidance, right? Not yeah. everybody knows. And, and football-wise, too. Football we, we got them football players coming out the, the loop, nah, too. I, I got to definitely, <laughs> like, definitely, you know, salute you on that, bro. Especially, you know, you're a superstar in the NBA right now. You know what I'm saying? A currently playing all-star and all of that. So for you to be taking time out of your personal life and really showing up. Because like I say, it's, you know, it's, it's nothing for us to, like, have an AAU team or to sponsor right. something or to throw money at something or to just, you know, do for something. And I'm not saying that's bad, but I'm saying, like, 
the fact that you actually show up and you put your time in and you are there to speak to them and you are there to do all of those things you just named, like that, that goes beyond. I mean, we all know the impact, you know what I'm saying? Like, just think if any of us could have had a Bradley Bill type stature, NBA right. figure coaching us and talking to us and we could text him and ask him questions and do things like that and be there for him. Like that bigger than the money you put up for him and everything, like being able to be there physically and showing them kids that you give a damn, you know what I'm saying? Like if they don't understand it, like that is bigger than anything, like really being there to me, that's bigger than money and any of that. Yeah. And I, I emphasize that. I, I let the ass know I could be anywhere in the world besides here with you. You should, because that's true. Straight and up. Watching y'all stink this joint up. But I, I definitely, I take pride in it because they do understand that. You know, they understand mm -hmm. that I can't do anything I want. I don't have to be here. I could be doing anything. I could be living my life, the life that they wish they could be living, right? Yep. That they want to live. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. for me, it's getting them to understand that it's, it's steps. Mm -hmm. steps and you can't skip no steps because a lot of these kids think they pros in high school and they not they they know. Them back in and you got to humble them and you got to really build them up and to show them this is how to be a proper pro this is how you be a pro all this you telling yourself you saying you won you not i feel like you was bred for this bro like you had you was the middle child of four brothers like what the hell was that like? How much competition and just like learning from one another and being you got you got two above you to learn from, two below you to pour into. So you was getting it. Like, how was that for you? Did that I feel like that kind of shaped and impacted everything like how you are? You 100 percent right. Like my family is my support system. That's my foundation. Like we like this. Like when I when you ask me who my friends are, I'm gonna say my four brothers and one of my best friends from the crew. You don't need no friend. You got that oh, many brothers. Gang. <laughs> the <Beatles> gang. <laughs> I try to tell my kids that right now. You got too many brothers and sisters to be needing friends. That's what my mom told us. So that was us. And me being the middle child, like you said, I got to see my two older brothers go through everything. You know, I got to see them, what their success looked like, what their failures looked like, what to do, what not to do. And I'm a quiet, reserved guy. And I observe everything and I'm like a sponge. Like that's how I am. Like I'm I'm soaking up information. I'm watching I, people watch. I see how you act. I see what you do. Like I read. And then I had two younger brothers that they're twins. And so mm. they did everything together. And so for me, it was competition with the older brothers. And then I got competition with my younger brothers. And so it was never ending for me. And yeah. I, I went from the role of learning how to do it, how not to do it into the role of being a big brother and trying to show my younger brothers of how to do it the proper way. So it definitely helped shape who I am and how I am and how I operate and why I do what I do. Like, because being in that middle child, you see and you observe and you want to help. And this, it like forces you like, that's been my life. Like I've been to, I made it to the league. Now I want to give back. Like that's just mm -hmm. been, it's just been a, a transition of mine. That's just been how. That's why you're going to keep on blessing you, bro. That's how you're supposed to do Straight it. Up. You're supposed to give back and, and move in the right angle and just, you know, try to spread love. Like, anytime I be trying to give advice, anytime to the kids and, and you know, just do other things to just help out. Speaking of that, like, how you give back and everything, talk to me about how much the D.C. and that community means to you because you're somebody who's been – you know, incredibly loyal to the Wizards and the organization and that community. And you've been outspoken about how you wanted to be there. and You remain there 
you know, throughout whatever has been going on. And and you always like, you know, throughout everything that's been going on, you've spoken out on social justice things. You've been in the community holding events, giving back. Talk to me about, you know, how, how you feel about, you know, your ties to the community there in D.C. and the things that you do, you know, that commitment to D.C. that you have in that relationship. Yeah, so D.C. is D.C. is my second home. You know, this is like I said, this is all I know. They embraced me since day one and they continue to do so, too, like even up to this point. And it's it's everything to love, man. Like they love you. It's a true sport town. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, they root for you and, you know, they get down and they get mad just as much as you do, you know, and you love that. You know what I'm saying? So it's been nothing but love. And then to embrace the city that we in and the community we in, like our practice facility is literally in the hood. Right. And so we, I'm seeing our people every day. Right. And we, right. you know, I'm going to the gas station or the store or whatever. And I'm, people look at me like I'm crazy. Like what you doing over here? But I grew up in this too. Like right. we over here, we practice right here. Like just trying to create that bond and like, I'm still a brother. Like I'm, st- I'm still, I'm still, yeah, you're a real one. Got people in this situation. I still, you know what I'm saying? I understand the struggle and that's what I try to get back as much as I can. You know, like I mentor a high school there, like, like it's similar to Chaminade, right? So it's, I went to all white school. This is an all black school, but it's a private boys school just like I went to, but mm. they're publicly funded. They don't have to pay a dime to go to school. That's right? dope. I didn't have that option, right? My school was 18 grand a year and I had to be smart to get an academic scholarship to be able to pay for my my school. So now I'm just trying to mentor these kids and just tell them like, y'all have a prime opportunity with the academic advantage that you don't have to pay for. If you're in a college prep school, getting this advanced education that the rest of these public schools in DC don't get, right? So taking advantage of them opportunities, providing scholarships for kids, like you said, having food drives, whatever the case may be, like I embrace the city, like, cause they embrace me. So it's it's been nothing but love and I'm gonna continue to do so. They always welcome me with open arms, no matter what. So they always got my love. How was it for you and the Toxic Cloud to get out there with the people and, you know, march and, and, and do all that with the people of DC? And, that was dope. Uh, just show the uh, support with social justice, using your platform, your likeness to show that you have support. So Natasha and I, it was crazy. It was it was more or less her idea, right? So she 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 does a lot of work back in Philly in her hometown with uh, with everything that was going on up there and with marches and like she was she was in the mix, right? And so she's like, well, we're in D.C., right? Like we're in the most powerful city in the world. We right here in a backyard, like we gotta do something. And we like, okay, she's like, let's march. And I'm like, okay, I'm I'm with it. I'm I'm all for it. I've never done it before, but this is a great opportunity to be able to get out there and speak in front of the people, let them know that we are citizens. We hoop, but we still are citizens. We pay taxes just like y'all, you know what I'm saying? We wake up, we still human beings. I go on my side, I'm I'm a citizen just like y'all. So it was dope, man, to be able to get out there and stand for something and represent something. For me, it was understanding, like we were pushing voting rights, you know, with the, especially with all the police brutality and everything that had just happened. Like, it made me understand what my grandparents had went through. You know, it made me understand, you know, my great grandparents and how they didn't have the right to vote. It forced me to want to vote this year, you know? And 
just little stuff like that, but that marching itself was huge for us because I feel like it brought our organization together and it opened up a lot of people's eyes, you know, who didn't look like us, like white people, right? Mm-hmm. So it opened up a lot of eyes to uncomfortable conversations, to, you know, people kind of being ignorant to, you know, their racism. And it created some some uncomfortable joints, but they were necessary, you know, and, and within the organization, outside the organization, like it, it really, it really hit home for a lot of people. You know, we got participation out of everybody in our organization. So that was, that spoke volumes. I think more NBA guys should, should do this. But uh, how was it to be uh, at the WNBA championships and supporting the Mystics when they won the championship? I seen a couple of you guys there and supported them and, you know, they won the championship. How was that to see them? The women do that and pull that off for DC. Well, it was dope, and we jealous because we ain't got one. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> we, hey, I, I'm living vicariously through them in that moment. But it, it was it was dope, man, because they got their own arena. You know, they got their own setup now. They're not in our shadows. We share a practice facility, so like they have their own identity. And that whole the year before, they had just lost in the finals, and they came back hungry, and you can see it you know, throughout the whole year. And then to be able to sit there and see them win on D.C. floor was crazy. Like, it was motivational for us. Like, Deladon just finished off with 50-40-90. Like, mm-hmm. you don't see that. Like, that was yeah, historical. So, like, that was, that was fire, man. And witness that firsthand, like, to see them celebrate and get that trophy, man. Like, that was, it was motivational. You know what I'm saying? Nah, it was dude, it was dope for you to be out there. I, mean, I think it's important, you know, for all of the, the the NBA guys. Like I saw, you know, Chris Paul and everybody, everybody is supporting, wearing the sweaters, buying the jerseys and all that stuff. I think it's a, it's imperative, you know, for, for guys like yourself and, and everybody like us to to support them publicly and really promote and help them, you know, grow that game and, and, and make it what it's supposed to be for them. Man, these women got game. So they much of me and D Miles, me and look, people be thinking we lying. Me and D Miles been women basketball fans. We not like part of this new movement where everybody like we've yeah. been doing this yeah. like since we were in I high school. Used, I used stuff. to practice. I used to practice with the team. And go like for get, real, like this, this we not new to this at all. Like I've always had a relationship with our team. Like I like I feel like it's dope. Like we share the same facility. We crossing paths. Like what up? Yeah. Out, sharing the weight room, training room. Like it's it's dope. I definitely encourage all. I feel like every team owner need to have a WNBA team. Straight up, like they, they go to hall. They go to the same Hall of Fame. Ain't no different Hall of Fame. They go in the same Hall of Fame. Might as well expand right. the league. Go ahead, put the money. And into they definitely yeah, they need, need more, more money. Team. Like to see, like we were just talking about earlier about the girls that got cut. Like how? Like you know, and then it's like all the comments. Like it need more teams. Like you know what I'm saying? Like this a whole team that got released. One forty four. Yeah, like one forty four. That's great. All right, man. That's been a wrap, man. This was too dope, man. We appreciate you pulling up on us and chopping it up with a B bill, man. This was love. Legend. Much love, man, fam. It was a pleasure, man. I had fun. I appreciate y'all, boys. Yes, sir. All right, we want to thank y'all for your continued support of the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to give us two taps by writing a review and rating five stars wherever you get your podcast. 
and make sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. You can also find all the episodes on the Players Tribune YouTube page. Follow us on social media at Knuckleheads Podcast and join our Knuckleheads Facebook group for exclusive content. Thanks again to all of our guests and fans. This wouldn't be possible without y'all. The Players Tribune dot com.